Greetings and salutations, everybody. E. Spencer Kite, your friendly neighborhood Spencer man, coming to you on Monday, August 8th from Abbotsford, British Columbia. Settled into the new den, settled into the new digs, doing the first podcast from the new studio or setup, I guess I should call it. Wanting to get into what transpired on Saturday night at the UFC Apex, UFC Vegas 59, 10 fights, 10 finishes. And for me, that night, that event, are the nights why I love MMA. So, going into that card, as I, as I said throughout the week, it was a Spencer card, a hangover card, and a tough finale. Which makes it sort of the lowest priority for most folks. So, a Spencer card, for those of you that are new to the program, are cards with sort of a marquee main event, a name brand, ranked fighters in the main event... And then everything else is sort of up-and-coming prospects, matchups just outside of the rankings, fighters in the lower third against maybe a veteran, and a bunch of like long-range prospects as opposed to people that are ready to jump into the top 15 or the title picture in the here and now. Hangover cards, any card that comes after a pay-per-view because there tends to be that situation where we're still talking about the pay-per-view well into fight week for the next card. And then tough finale, self-explanatory. But what ends up happening is limited expectations turn into a string of finishes, right? This is, this is the ideal. This is the thing that we sit and hold out for as the, oh my God, wouldn't it be cool if. And even if the action wasn't the most meaningful in terms of divisions, in terms of jeopardy or immediate ramifications for potential careers or divisions, it's still entertaining fights all the way through. And for me, entertaining fights are always enjoyable, even when they're not the most stylistically appealing or the most skill or high IQ. And a perfect example of that and I don't say this in a like slight on the athletes, is the, the flyweight tough finale between Juliana Miller and Brogan Walker. It was kind of sloppy on the feet. Not a great deal of IQ, fight IQ, shown by Brogan Walker in going back into the clinch regularly, putting herself in a position for Juliana Miller to take her to the ground where she had dominated throughout the first round. But at the same time, it was still a fun watch because as we progressed, you kept wondering, well, is this going to be the fight where the streak ends? And we got to a third round and it was okay. This is, it's been fun, but this is probably where it ends. And we got to halfway through the third round and it was, yep. All right. We had a bunch of finishes and that was great. And now we're going to, but then Juju starts throwing elbows and starts chasing that finish. What we ask of athletes all of the time, and I know in watching it, in recapping it on Saturday night, even though I had put out in the punch drunk predictions in the you want to make a bet section, Miller by decision, as a plus odds pick. I sat there watching it thinking, man, she's is she going to get this finish? Is this going to come inside the distance and we're going to move forward with a, a sixth straight, a seventh straight finish? And sure enough, we did. The Team Pena fighter got out there and smashed home a finish to become the ultimate fighter and put herself sort of at the back of the pack of young fighters 
with some upside and potential in the flyweight division. As I said to Craig Allen during the broadcast on Saturday when he sort of talked about, you know, this division is going to eat her up. She's 26. She's four fights in. Give her a little bit of time. I understand that there are fighters younger than her ranked, as Craig pointed out. Absolutely noted. But she doesn't have to rush into the rankings. The benefit of that division being as flush as it is. And earlier today, I recorded a State of the UFC podcast with Sean Sheehan. That'll be out. That'll be out over the weekend on the Severe Patreon. Please go sign up for that. It is well worth the outlay of money. Great content from the boys. But what we talked about is that the flyweight division now is is so rich with talent that you have the different tiers and the levels of experience built up the way you want to see or the way we have in a number of the men's divisions where there is, yes, a dominant champion, but a good crop of veteran contenders below Valentina Shevchenko and then some emerging contenders that haven't yet had the opportunity to face the champion. But also beyond that, we have the Casey O'Neills, Macy Barbers, Miranda Mavericks, Aaron Blanchfields that are working forward, that are part of that younger group that Juliana Miller can also kind of slide into that have a bunch of veteran fighters. Like you think about who Casey O'Neill went through to get to where she is, who Miranda Maverick has fought, Macy Barber, same thing. That's going to be available. That is available and presentable to Juliana Miller as a path forward. So as she develops, she's given time to work on things in the gym, to build out the skill set because the grit and tenacity that we saw on the show or that I saw on the show because I watched it, most people probably didn't, is apparent. And you you can't teach that part, but you can work on the fundamentals and the basics and improve her striking game to go with her jujitsu, which is clearly solid, and to go with that kind of finishing instinct and finishing mindset of I'm not going to be happy just hanging out here in top position. And even though this was a card that not a lot of people were necessarily high on, we sat down on Saturday and we had that communal experience. And and Harry and I talked about it a little bit yesterday on the takeaways. Last Saturday, Saturday night was one of those nights where you really felt that community because the people that sat down and enjoyed it made the point to sit down and enjoy it. And they really wanted to be invested. Now, some of it is lunatics like me that are going to watch every show same as the boys out east craig allen and his brother and various different people right but some of it were probably just people that they had nothing else going on and they decided to sit down and catch this one and they caught something special it was like if you sat down and i use this as the open to my fight by fight preview this week for the san diego card if you sat down to randomly watch a early january game between the los angeles lakers and visiting Toronto Raptors back in January 2006, you happened to catch Kobe putting up 81. And it was just one of those nights that you're always going to remember and you were there for it. And that's what's special about it. That's, that's what makes me love this sport. Nights like that where history can be made and cool things can happen that are so beyond my expectations that just blow me away and and leave me feeling like I need to record a podcast a couple of days later talking about how great it was. Nights like Saturday are also why I care so much about every card. And as I always say, I understand that not many people are in a position to care the way I care 
to have the time and availability and capacity to pay attention with the vigor and detail and effort and commitment that I do. And I don't say that to toot my own horn and say, look at how great of a fan I am or anything like that. This is my job. It's my passion. It's what I want to invest this time in. And so that's what I do. But cards like this are why I do it. As I said earlier, it was a Spencer card, a hangover card, a tough finale. So all of those things combined to put a lot of people off. But what I saw going in and throughout the week, as I previewed it, as I set it up, as we talked about it here on the newsletter and and in various different places, were a bunch of fighters that I wanted to see more from. I wanted to see another Terrence McKinney performance, especially coming off that loss to Drew Dober. I wanted to see Brian Battle and Michal Olyshechuk in their new divisions. I wanted to see Corey McKenna after London, having spoken to her for a piece on UFC.com where she talked about some of the frustrations and challenges and things like that coming out of that loss in London. I wanted to see Sergei Spivak, who had won his last fight against Greg Hardy, but had won three of four overall with the loss being Tom Aspinall, who we know the level of quality of. I also wanted to see a guy like Jeff Neal go in and not a lot of people were talking about it. We're talking about Jeff Neal going into that fight, right? That was a Vicente Luque fight. That was people getting up to see the always entertaining Vicente Luque, myself included. Vicente Luque is fighting is one, was one of my 10 things that I like about this card going into it. But I was also excited and talked throughout the week about Jeff Neal and remembering that Jeff Neal was in a position a few years ago where he was the emerging name in this division before he got gravely ill and took a year and a year and a half really to reset and get his body back and get back to being the guy that was climbing the ranks. And we saw that on Saturday, right? That's why I care. That's why I put the effort in and why it's not just immediate results and the most recent names because the most recent name in that pairing is Vicente Luque, who's been in the top 10 now for a couple of years. And Jeff Neal, you know, gritty comeback win, return to form win, I guess, against Santiago Ponzinibbio before this fight, but had lost two straight before that. And I think a lot of people were out on him or sort of felt like maybe he had reached his potential. But Saturday showed you that that's not the case. And it's why I think about it beyond what it is and why I want to watch all of these events because the expectation was probably that Vicente Luque goes out there and beats them, beats him because of where they're at in the rankings and recent results and all of those things. But we saw on Saturday that none of that held true. Jeff Neal went out and turned on, turned in, excuse me, the performance of his career, beating Luque badly in the first and third and kind of taking off the second, which he'll certainly work on, delivering the kind of performance that really should remind people about that upside and about the hype that accompanied him before he got sick before he had the fight with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at the end of 2020 nights like Saturday also have to be appreciated for what they are but but they also need to to me bolster the overall optimism about these events about these fight cards and and here's what I mean not every night is going to feature all finishes this was the first time since November 8 2014 Obviously, this is not a common occurrence. But having a night like that speaks to me to the whole don't judge a card too harshly in advance idea 
where this thing or some version of this thing can happen. Now, I know people like to get down on the whole, oh, don't judge a fight card too harshly before it happens. People like me that that express that, right? Because they say, well, I can certainly judge it because look at these names and look at these fighters. And I understand that position. But, but if you did that on Saturday and said, I'm just out because here's my impression. Well, it doesn't leave any ground for your impression to be wrong. It doesn't leave a lot of room for you to learn something new. And then it puts you in a position where you're at a disadvantage because you didn't see Jeff Neal go out and become the first person to stop Vicente Luque with strikes in the UFC or in his career. Allow me to correct myself. It doesn't let you see Mihao Shechuk look good. Brian Battle look good. Sergey Spivak look good. Terrence McKinney look great. Jamal Hill get a hard-fought, gutsy win over a better version of Thiago Santos than we had seen in recent efforts. It sort of takes away the potential for upside. And I know that that's me, Captain Sunshine, Captain Optimism. But I would rather have optimism going into these or at least, or at least come into it being neutral, right? Just take it from a, we'll see how things go because great could happen and there are some intriguing fighters on this card. It doesn't have to be all-out optimism or all-out pessimism. For me, I'm always going to side on optimistic and maybe these things play out best case scenario and we get four, five, six finishes in a 12-fight card and a couple of good performances and somebody really surprises me but somebody also disappoints me and I have a lot to work on going forward. It can just be I want to get another look at and yes, these three or four names intrigue me so I'm going to check this out. It doesn't have to be this is the best or this is the worst. There is that middle ground. And I would hope that an event like Saturday, where every expectation is exceeded, where history is made, where we have a special communal night, raises that optimism a little bit, becomes the rising tide that lifts that optimism for the next bunch of cards that are similar to this. Where instead of looking at it and saying, this is a bunch of trash, I don't know half of these people or they're not in contention or whatever. You go, well, I remember that first Saturday in, in August where I felt this way and it turned out we got 10 straight finishes and it was a really cool night. And so, yep, 10 straight finishes, all finishes probably isn't going to happen again. Most assuredly, I would say, isn't going to happen again. But we could get something, you know, 75%, 60%. That would still be a very good night. That would still be an entertaining, enjoyable experience. And so I hope nights like Saturday sort of lift that optimism for people. Or maybe even just, just bring them closer to that middle ground of, I'm going to give this a chance rather than I'm going to dismiss this offhand without even any consideration. But nights like Saturday also have to be recognized as the exception, not the norm. And what I mean is that you can't look at last Saturday and expect that to happen this Saturday. If you come into this weekend's card in San Diego, which is a good card, which is another sort of Spencer card, a great main event that I'm super interested in, Cheeto Vera, Dominic Cruz, some other good fights on this card, but not necessarily the robust collection of fights that we had, say, for the, Lost, the, the Long Island event a couple weeks ago that was on ABC. 
If you go into this expecting it to be all finishes, you are going to be let down, but you're also letting yourself down because having that expectation is wild. We just said, just noted that this hadn't happened since November 8th, 2014. So to expect it to happen on consecutive Saturdays is crazy. That can't be the comparison. That can't be the measuring stick is, well, it wasn't all finishes, so it wasn't good. Because as I said, this is another card with solid matchups, top to bottom, intriguing fights, chances to see a couple more intriguing names like Lupi Godinez, like David Onama. But it's not going to be a dozen finishes. If it is, great. Continue to be surprised, continue to be excited, have another communal moment. But this can still be a quality fight card if we accept that Saturday past was the exception, not the norm. I think last Saturday should change the way we think of the norm, or I, or I hope that it elevates the way people think of sort of these, these traditional fight night events. But I also want to make sure that people aren't going into these now expecting this to be the way it is. And when it's not, well, the UFC let me down because I didn't get X, Y, and Z. Saturday was super cool. It was fun to watch. It just kept building. It just, we talk all the time about the momentum of events and the build and the avalanche of things. And when we got to those tough fights and we got to Juliana Miller, as I talked about earlier, it felt like, all right, this is probably where the run of finishes comes to an end. And then it didn't. And then we got to Mo Usman. And it was okay. This is probably where the run of finishes comes to an end. And then it didn't. Because Mo Usman put a left hand on Zach Paunga's chin and put him out. And that brought us to the co-main event where we thought, all right, Jeff Neal could finish this. Vicente Luque could finish this. But I don't think anybody expected it to go the way it did and play out the way it did with the with the impressive walk-off finish that we got. And then the main event even looked like, at one point, that maybe it was going to be the one where we didn't get the finish. And Jamal Hill goes out and gets it in the fourth round to keep moving forward in the light heavyweight division. And a really cool night kind of just came together organically as we all sat there and watched it and talked on Twitter and enjoyed the fights. Last Saturday was was the ideal to me. Not in the sense of we get 10 finishes, but in the sense of we all enjoy just good fights and entertaining fights and appreciate simply entertaining fights. Not necessarily that we need super magnitude, a great deal of importance on every bout, but we just got to enjoy a bunch of fun fights. And yeah, finishes always make things a little more enjoyable. Not that you have to have a finish for it to be enjoyable, but a finish always has a different kind of feel to it, right? And I know that the event dragged and that the timing of things, when you, that's the downside, right? You get a bunch of first round finishes, it creates more time for just the talking, for just the television part of it. But we got a night of really fun action that everybody seemed to enjoy. And if the takeaway is I had to listen to Brendan Fitzgerald and Michael Bisping a little more than I wanted to, 
or we had to throw to the booth to Dan Helly and Rashad Evans and Dean Thomas a little bit more than normal. So be it. We got great fights. We got entertaining fights. It was a night of, of nonstop action, at least inside the octagon. And if the takeaway was, yep, the action in the cage was great, but the rest of it wasn't, then we're just looking for ways to be negative and be critical and not appreciate the thing that we came here to see, which is the fights. Because they delivered in spades. They delivered across the board. Fight one to fight ten. We got it. It was dope. It reminded me why I love this sport. It reminded me why I put so much time and energy into covering all of these athletes as extensively as I do. Hopefully it raised your expectations or it raised your optimism overall about the state of the UFC, about the quality of these cards, about tuning in even though you maybe don't know every single fighter on the card or every fight doesn't carry a whole bunch of importance or divisional significance. It was a really fun to experience. And I'm looking forward to carrying some of that energy with me into San Diego on Saturday. And then with me into Salt Lake City for UFC 278 after that. And so on and so forth down the line. Because this can't just be a one-off magic night that I don't allow to be a thing that fills me with this energy, that fills me with the desire to record a podcast about it on a Monday morning a couple days after it's passed. After I've already done an hour and a half yesterday with Harry on the takeaways. And done two hours this morning with Shawnee doing a state of the UFC to still be able to come back. These are the things that we need to hold on to a little bit and cherish and let it let it serve as that energy that keeps keeps coursing through our body that we just hold on to and store up for the next time that we're feeling like it's not quite going to be good enough. Just remember last Saturday and give yourself that little tap that sends that energy from last Saturday throughout your body to get you excited for this coming Saturday. Because there might be another Saturday like last Saturday. And even if it's not finish after finish after finish, it's most likely going to be quality fight and good moment and learn something and mostly entertaining. And that's got to be all right. To me, that's, that's all I ask for. Give me, give me a good night of action. Let me enjoy it so that I can celebrate those moments like Saturday that are so far above and beyond expectations that I can really appreciate all of those moments and all of the effort that we get from these athletes, from these organizations, and the communal enjoyment of sitting down and watching cool fights and watching a whole bunch of finishes and being excited when, I didn't, when we didn't think we were going to be excited. Enjoy the week. Take care of yourselves and your loved ones. As always, be good to one another. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Yeah.